I first started following Jesus in college, I remember coming with a lot of baggage, or another way I like to put it, a lot of wounds. And what I mean by that is areas of my life that didn't just feel like they got healed immediately when I started following Jesus. They were sensitive. I would hide them and they hurt because that's what a wound is. If you think about a wound, a lot of things that we do with that wound is we cover it up. We, we don't want to show anyone. It's usually really painful. If anyone touches it, we usually cringe. We pull away. And I think a lot of us, if we're really honest, we have a lot of spiritual wounds. We don't want to show anyone it. We, if anyone gets close to it, we maybe change our friends or change our group or our community because we don't want anyone to see our true selves. We don't want anyone to see our wounds because they're sensitive, they hurt, they haven't been healed and we cover them up. But to get a wound healed, one main thing we have to do is we have to uncover it and we have to bring it to a doctor or someone who can heal it. And spiritually speaking, that is Jesus. And so the question is, those wounds in your life, those really sensitive spots, which ask yourself that, what spots are really sensitive when people get around them, when you start thinking about them or when they touch them to some degree? Those spots are probably the spots that need that healing. They need that grace. They need that compassion. They need Jesus. And then again, have you brought those things to Jesus? Have you brought those wounds to Jesus? Because a wound when it gets healed or when you take it to the healer, it goes from a wound and it gets turned into a scar. The crazy thing about a wound and a scar is they're two very, very different things. Again, a wound hurts, it's painful, it's sensitive, and you cringe, but a scar does not hurt anymore. A scar you don't hide. A scar tells a story. I think of scars, I have a bunch, but I have a little tiny one on my upper lip, and that was actually when a, a, I thought it would be a good idea to eat the dog's food. The dog didn't think that was a good idea, and let's just say it didn't end well. So I have a little scar on my upper lip. I have a tiny little scar on my finger right here where my mom got a pocket knife, I think, when I was three or four, and I said, oh, this is sharp, and it was sharp. So I learned that very quickly. I have a huge scar under my shirt, probably about six or seven inches long. I have two titanium plates and 10 screws in my shoulder because I was playing baseball in high school and I dove really weird. And the way I landed just completely blew up my shoulder and my collarbone shattered and it was terrible. So I have all these scars, but I'm not afraid to tell you about those scars. Why? Because they're scars and they tell a story. Scars tell a story when wounds hurt. And so the question is, have you let Jesus turn your wounds into scars because the beautiful part about it is when he has then you no longer have to use all the energy of your day trying to hide trying to cover up trying to wear a mask or trying to not let people see the true parts about yourself but instead you can actually use those scars as opportunities to tell people about Jesus when you bring those things to Jesus and he heals you you can then look at the scar go to other people and say look what Jesus did look how good he is let me tell you my story. And I think if you boil it all the way down, that's what it means uh, to be a Christian or the big word we use for that is that what it, what it means to witness to other people. It just means to tell people about Jesus. Tell people what he's done for you in your life.
have those scars or if you haven't found healing, the question is, have you come to Jesus and found that? I think of a real beautiful picture of healing that Jesus completely fulfills in the New Testament. And that's the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. Now what would happen is the priest once a year would have two goats and one goat he would sacrifice as the sacrificial goat for the nation. And then he would have another goat called the scapegoat, which is actually where we get that phrase. And he would actually take his hands lay his hands on the head of that goat and he'd begin confessing the sins of Israel as kind of like a representative or a mediator and transfer them onto that goat. And then instead of killing that goat as a sacrifice, they would then take that goat and send it out into the wilderness for it to never come back again. And it was, it was a way of saying your sins are gone. They are never coming back again. And that picture is exactly what Jesus fulfills. Not only our sacrifice on the cross, but the question is, have you put your hands on Jesus and let those sins transfer? Have you confessed them? Have you been public about the things you need healing with? Because when we bring those things into the light, when we confess them, when we bring them to Jesus, when we admit that it's a problem, that's usually the first step of healing. And so I think of the Day of Atonement as Jesus fully fulfilling that day, being someone that we put our hands on and we confess our wounds, we confess the dark parts, the hard parts, the parts we won't tell anyone else about, and we can find true healing in that moment because then those wounds go through the same thing that Jesus went. They go through the cross where there's that death, where they die, they go into the grave, and then he resurrects to new life, but the wounds don't come with them. There's no more hurt, there's no more pain. His wounds are now scars. And so have you brought your wounds through the death and through the resurrection of Jesus? Another thing I think of is actually in Japanese art culture. It's called kintsugi. And it was actually what they would do to pottery. When a pottery or a bowl or a plate would break in Japanese culture, according to the art of kintsugi, what they would do is rather than throwing that plate away, they would actually take a type of tar and glue. They would lace it with silver or gold dust, and then they would repair the plate and so you can now get the visual that when that plate is repaired and it has a gold dust glue, then now the cracks are not trying to be hidden. They're actually becoming the most glorious thing about that plate. And because it's gold, the plate is actually even more valuable now. They're not trying to hide the imperfections or shove them down, but now there's actually more glory due to the lines of gold. And I think a lot of times us, when we bring our wounds to Jesus, when we let him turn them to scars, there becomes a glory about that that we didn't have before, that we can show that weight and that beauty of those scars, and those are those glorious things about us. Now, a lot of you might be hearing this and say, yes, Jeff, I've brought some things to Jesus. I've, I've, I've brought this baggage and these wounds to Jesus. He's turned them into scars, but they still hurt or they're still sensitive or it still feels like they haven't been healed. And it actually reminds me of, this happens a lot with war veterans or anyone who's had an amputated limb. It's a thing called phantom pain, where if someone has an arm cut off or a leg amputated, there's this thing called phantom pain where even though someone might not have a leg anymore, they'll have these times where they'll get this shooting pain as if their leg is just on fire or their leg is just searing with pain. But the craziest part is they can look down in that moment and see they don't even have a leg. So how is that true? But it feels so real to them, but it's in that moment they can look down and constantly fight the battle. That's not the truest thing about them. The truest thing is that it's not real. It's a lie. It's not true pain. And I think sometimes the devil and the powers of darkness can try to come at us 
with times of our walk with Jesus where he tries to take memories or past sin or past shame, throw it in our face, and it might hurt, it might be sensitive, but our job in that moment is to say it's not true, it's not real, it's not the truest thing about me. The true voice over me is not pain or condemnation or shame, but it's the voice and the same voice that cried out over Jesus' baptism. This is my son, my daughter, my child in whom I'm well pleased. And so in those moments, hold on tight, hold to that voice, hold to the scripture, hold to what Jesus says about you and know that's the most true thing about you. And also don't forget that Jesus, more than any of those other people out there who claim to be gods or any other religious leaders, he's the only one that doesn't ask you to come to him He comes right to you and meets you in your mess. He meets you in your pain. He meets you in your hurt. I think of Thomas towards the end of the gospels, Jesus resurrects, his disciples have seen him and they're all celebrating and they're telling people and Thomas basically says, I don't believe it unless I can put my hand in his side or see the scars in his hand. And then finally, when he has that person in person on person encounter with Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, hey, Thomas, stop doubting. Hey, Thomas, believe harder. Hey, Thomas, have faith. He actually meets him in the exact place where his doubt was and says, come here, put your hands in my side. Look at the scars in my hand. And what a beautiful picture that is of Jesus, who in our hurt or in our pain or in the parts of our doubt that we struggle with the most, he meets us right there and says, hey, I'm real. I'm here for you. I'm next to you. I'm not going anywhere. And that is the good news. That's what we all need for that healing. I think of a moment I had like that when I was following Jesus for maybe one to two years at this point. And I just got to the point of breaking down because I didn't feel like I was finding healing. I didn't feel like I was finding that peace that Jesus gives. And I remember just basically breaking down and crying and sobbing with kind of an aunt and uncle of mine who were kind of spiritual mentors at the time. And I never really was a guy who cried all the time. So it was a very unique moment for me. And I remember them responding just pure grace, pure compassion. I was sharing stuff with them that I had struggled with for years that wasn't going away. And I thought they were gonna say, oh, you can't struggle with that. You're a Christian, you can't tell me that. But instead I was met with complete grace, complete compassion and complete love. And that was a turning point for me as a model of what Jesus does to us, that he meets us right in the hurt, right in the pain. He says, let me take that wound and make it a scar. The question is that we let him do that.